From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The Heat are not in trouble. Just keep telling yourself that. The Heat are not in trouble. Believe! I still believe. I'm scared, but I believe. Yeah. You say it five times in the mirror, and then Joel Embiid is out again? I don't know if that <laughs> <Yeah>. works. <laughs> the only thing is going, Joel Embiid shows up in your bathroom with his mask yeah. on. <laughs> We're presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. Take care of Kyle Lowry's hamstring. Get him right. And you'll get right. If you have foot, ankle pain, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care, if you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, you need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic, foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care with offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. We're going to be joined in just moments by Christian Winfield. He covers the Nets for the New York Daily News. He has an MVP vote. And why are we talking with Christian Winfield? Well, one, he's a good dude and we appreciate him. Uh, But but Theo, I'm going to run everybody through what happened this morning and how we take care of each other here on this radio show. Okay, so Stone, we have a group text, group chat. That, you know, it's not just show days. Like, we'll talk bleep to one another yeah, or just kind of throw things out there. Oh, yeah. But it's real busy on show days, Monday and Tuesday, when Theo's in. And Stone was incensed. I mean, furious when the news broke that Nikola Jokic won MVP again and beat out Joel Embiid. Because Stone was all in on Embiid winning the MVP. You big were, Embiid guy, yeah. Yeah, big Embiid guy. You were you were furious. Really upset. And guys like KD and then NBA on TNT, like everyone chimed in. I feel like 90% of people who have a voice are talking about how it was Embiid's and it was Embiid's to lose and Nicola just ran them down, down the stretch. And that's just, that's unfair. That's unfortunate because this first round exit back and back and back again with these nuggets besides the bubble is just annoying. And at this point, I don't know what it means to... To, that you have to vote for an MVP. Like, what is an MVP now? So so Stone was like, do we know any voters? We need to get to the bottom of this. And Theo, because Theo is resourceful, said, well, yeah, I know I know an MVP I know a voter. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's how uh, we're able to, to chat with Christian Winfield. Now, before we get to Christian real quick, uh, Tim Legler, I thought, had some pertinent thoughts on this on SportsCenter when this MVP announcement was made, because I think he aligns with Stone. Uh, here's Tim Legler this morning. I always looked at it like this. If a guy surges to the lead of the award, unless he, one, gets hurt, two, has his production drop off precipitously, or they start losing games, I don't know how you lose it. Like He got run down in the home stretch by Nikola Jokic. And I also thought the part of it should have been the weight of leadership and what he did this year with that distraction and that disastrous train wreck that the Ben Simmons situation created for that franchise. And Joel Embiid showed maturity, leadership, toughness. He put that team on his back. And for me, it was Embiid. And so that brings us to Christian Winfield again. New York Daily News 
covers the Brooklyn Nets. Follow him on Twitter, at Chris Splash, and he joins us here on Ken Levick Alive. Christian, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. And uh, I guess let's start with this. Who did you vote for for MVP? Uh-oh. Man, you know, it's funny. I, I voted Joel Embiid number one. A good know? man. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's just crazy how he can have this. Number one, we got to remember that MVP is a regular season award, right? right? So right, the right. fact that Nikola Jokic is out of the playoffs and, and Joel Embiid isn't, I mean, that's moot, right? But when, when we look at what Joel Embiid did for this this Philly team, I mean, number one, you don't have Ben Simmons all year, right? The Nets still didn't have Ben Simmons. They still don't. We don't know when we're going to get him back. Well, that's for another day. Number two, you have James Harden come in, and James Harden's out of shape, not looking like himself up until last night. I mean, if they're getting last night's James Harden, then, then curtains to your Miami Heat, because that's ugly. <laughs> I, but, I mean, the dominance, we're, we're talking about a half. I mean, Joel B just got his face broken, right? He's wearing a, a mask. He had a concussion, all these things. And just his presence on the floor completely changed the game. For the for the Sixers in this series, and it's done that all season. That's why I voted for him for MVP. So I'm a little shocked, but at the same time, I feel like we've kind of seen the writing on the wall. People have been talking about they're going to vote for Nikola Jokic since it feels like the All Star break, and uh, it's kind of unfortunate because I think Embiid's had the better season and he's had the more the more dominant impact on the game, but. Um, I guess we give another award to Jokic this year, huh? Yeah, it seems like it. But Stone, does that does that appease you? Like there are there are, I believe, probably many like Christian that were pro Embiid in this spot, right? So then, Christian, I would ask, like, what is your criteria? Like in a vacuum, like in a vacuum, like why did Jokic win it? Like statistic, like what was it specifically? I mean, your guess is almost as good as mine. <laughs> I haven't had any conversations with uh, other voters, you know. It's interesting. I guess, you know, part of it could be chalked up to how do you define value, right? And this is why my fourth and fifth votes, I'll tell you exactly how I voted. Number one, I voted uh, Embiid. Number two, I voted uh, Jokic. Number three, I voted Giannis. Number four, I voted Devin Booker. And number five, I voted Kevin Durant. Why did I vote four and five that way? Because I feel what my value, what my definition of value is, is okay, if you take this player off this team, just how bad do they get? Mm. If you took Kevin Durant off the Nets this season, we saw what happened. They lost 11 in a row, Ooh. right? They, they went from first in the East to, I mean, they got almost got bumped in the play-in, right? They were unrecognizable. Take Devin Booker off, off the Suns, you get a similar result. When you look at Joel Embiid and you look at Nikola Jokic and Giannis Antetokounmpo, you could say something similar about all three of those guys, and then it just goes into, okay, well, you know, some of it is stylistic, right? So maybe some maybe some voters don't like Embiid for what he says off the floor, what he how, how he's able to just dominate people. Maybe they think right. Nikola Jokic is more skilled, right? He's able to take a rebound, go the full length of the floor, hit somebody with a Magic Johnson pass. Two different, I mean, it's, it's kind of like however, however you want it, you get it. And I guess some people more took a liking to Jokic this year. Uh, I do want to ask you, because we spent a lot of time talking about the Nets. I, I think that they're, to this point, a failure. I understand that they yeah. made a deep playoff run a year ago, but is uh, are you sort of along those lines that based on who was and who still currently is on that Brooklyn roster that this has been a failure to this point? Um. Yeah, I think anything short of a championship now three years into this Nets tenure, having Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in town is a failure, right? You can talk about COVID. You can talk about Kyrie not getting vaccinated. You're talking about Kevin Durant getting hurt, James Harden getting traded. At the end of the year, you don't have a championship. Actually, at the end of the year, you got swept out of the first round. So that's mm. a disappointment on all fronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you're entering an offseason where you have even more 
kind of question marks. We don't. Ben Simmons just got back surgery. How does he fit in? Kyrie Irving's coming back. You got Kevin Durant coming back, but you got a bunch of other decisions you got to make on this roster. If you have no championship now, four years into this Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving tenure, I mean, what are we really doing here, right? So yeah, it's been a disappointment. But at the end of the day, you got Kevin Durant under contract through 2026, right? You're looking like you're probably going to sign Kyrie Irving to some type of long-term extension if Ben Simmons can be. The Ben Simmons we saw two seasons ago, at least, because we didn't see him last year, that's a help. But at the same time, you've got teams like Miami, you've got teams like Milwaukee, you've got teams like, shoot, you've got teams like Philly that's coming out here that you got to beat, and you just got swept by the Celtics. So, yeah, disappointment is... Yeah, that's probably the lightest way to put it. I, I want to talk about that specifically, Christian, because I, you're my guy, right? Like, as a brother, I want to ask you this. Um, <laughs> when the Nets were on the brink and you realized it might be a sweep and an early offseason for them, but also also on the bright side, an early offseason for you. Yeah, get that travel platter oh, on look, your phone, I, man. Look, look, nobody from the no, – there's no Nets fans down here. You're in a safe space. How much were you kind of pulling for, uh, you know – Early vacation. <laughs> start that, that vacation. That's right. No way you asked me that. Oh, man. I'll tell you this. When they didn't win game one, right, when Jason Tatum won on that twisting layup at the last second, I thought the Nets were in trouble because that was the bit. They got 39 from Kyrie that game, and I was like, okay, I don't know when the next time they're going to get 39 from him is. And they didn't, they didn't get 39 from him again, and that's what ended up happening. So, you know, I, I, I kind of realized early, okay, if they don't win either of these games mm. here in Boston, this is going to get ugly because, it's, I mean, call a spade a spade, the Nets don't really have a home court advantage. And I was right. It sounded like TD Garden out there. So, to be honest, that's when my vacation started. Once, <laughs> once Jason Tatum won on that buzzer beater, I was like, oh, this series is over a lot faster than I, I love thought. that. That's where Christian's mind went into vacay mode. And you have an offseason of covering new co-GM of the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie sure. Irving. Yeah. So that's going to be awesome. Can't wait for that. <laughs> Oh, man, I love it. He can't wait to build the roster with KD in the front office. Oh, man, that was one of the most bizarre things I've heard in a press conference. I'll tell you, when he said he's going to manage the team, I mean, and sure, in theory, right, you, your stars do have an input on this team, right, on, on, on roster decisions. I get that. But to say I'm going to manage this team next to the owner and the GM out loud in public to the reporters as, the, as you get eliminated from the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I couldn't believe what I heard. Yeah, you said it it's in ridiculous. public. You're right. Uh, Christian, appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you so much. And Stone feels much better now, so I appreciate you making him happy uh, because you use sense <laughs> and logic with this. So thank you, Christian. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you. Christian Winfield, New York Daily News, Brooklyn Nets beat writer. And uh, it'll the martyr, Kyrie Irving, building a roster. <laughs> going to be good times. That is hilarious. And sometimes I just I call up Christian or ask him, like, yo, what the hell was it like in there? Because the Nets had so many what the hell moments oh this year. God. And I'm like, yo, what? So, so shake out to me how that went down because uh, this dude is experiencing a drama of real life and it's his job. It's His job is like right. a reality show. It is. Covering it is. those Nets. The, the Brooklyn Nets are the most ridiculous sports reality show going. Yeah. Do you feel better now? I feel I, I feel a lot better. Theo took care of you, man. Yeah, man. 100%. And I knew he would. And just hearing Christian say that your guess is as good as mine, that's kind of all the answer I needed. Yeah. Like, like we just saw Jokic playing well. And it's, when he said it was stylistically like the voters can prefer like stuff themselves. It's like, oh man, some we gotta figure this thing out. We gotta figure this thing out because it changes every year. The criteria is different. Now, voters every fall in love with a unique player. Giannis, when he started to get on the come up, was unique, right? Because yeah. he came from 
Yeah, there was promise there, but nobody knew who he was coming into the NBA, and all of a sudden, he's bullying people, and he's a great personality, and he became a, huh, I'm curious about him, MVP, MVP. Same thing with Jokic. He's unlike truly anyone in the NBA, uh, and I know that there's a a, a Nowitzki comparison, but it's not even that. He is, Jokic is different. I'm a dirt. I'll also say it has to be said, and I thought Christian might bring it up when you asked him that question, but I'll be the guy. I'll be the bad guy do to it, say it. Do it. Uh, Nikola Jokic looks like a lot of the sports writers. Thank you. That gets votes. Like, not like Christian, but a lot of the sports writers that gets votes. Jumpy, likes free food, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. not just him just being a, a big white guy, but, you know, he's out of shape a temper. little bit. Not super athletic. Yeah, a little bit of a temper here yeah, and there. Like, yeah. so they think representation what he accompl- matters. So they think what he accomplished was harder to do given his circumstances. No, no, not that. I'm just saying there's there's a little bit. I mean, we're all human beings. There's a little bit of inherited bias. I mean, again, not <laughs> saying that that's what pushed it over the no, ledge. No, but I, hear you, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. matters. Like, a lot of the guys that were standing on the ledge yelling, Jokic has to be the guy. Yeah, look like Jokic. Look. I, I mean, Jokic is, <laughs> Jokic is a unicorn, and I think a unicorn's going to get a benefit of the doubt. Yes. Yeah. Um, but over also, a dominant a dominant center who, while it's a dying breed in the NBA, we've seen dominant centers before, and so the luster is a bit taken off compared to a unicorn like Jokic. Can you be the MVP if you can be also attacked on defense and then have to sit on the bench in, in premier defensive possessions like Jokic does, though. Yeah. Can you be the defensive player of the year like Rudy Gobert keeps getting if you, again, get played off the court or get embarrassed time and time again? I think we do have to reevaluate how we choose these awards because most valuable player, half of the game is on defense, yeah. and Jokic is a bit of a liability there. I, I love all those. And also, I understand it's a regular season award, but like put into consideration, this guy will probably get bounced in the first round. Just like like uh, in totality. Yeah. I know it's a regular season award, but you're voting for him and you know that if they get seated against Golden State, Phoenix, Dallas, they're going to get bounced. You realize, and Nick Wright was talking about it earlier today on FS1, Jokic, two MVP awards, and by the time he got the bounced. MVP award, he was gone. That's not a good look. That's, that's ins- not a good that's look. That's insane. When now, it happened to, the, the, to Dirk, and what was that, like, oh, Yeah, when they six, lost to the Warriors. So five, I can't yeah. remember when the We That was the Baron Davis was. Warriors. Yeah. So when it happened to him, it was an anomaly. It was mm-hmm. like, whoa. Because like, that was a 1-8. Yeah. And it was awkward as all get up yeah. when He didn't want to be there. He, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's like the normal thing now. Right. Um, uh, also weird, how angry Stone was about it. <laughs> Because I mean, that I'm was wa- weird. Because I'm so invested in this Heat Philly series, and like we're talking about Bam He's getting talking snubbed. about money. Who you? No, not oh 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 maybe, but I haven't missed in, in, in the series <laughs> okay, so far. So okay. so except okay. for game one, except for you game did one. miss game one. Did, did miss, miss game, game one. one. Yeah, did miss. Remember game the one. seven and a half? I'm just saying. How soon we forget? <laughs> How soon we forget? But I'm so invested in this series, and we talked about Bam getting snubbed from the Defensive Player of the Year award. There is nothing anybody can do. Against Embiid, There's and we're nothing. talking about the best defensive yeah. team in the league right now. There's so watching nothing. this guy just tear him apart, when I'm sure, I'm sure of it, if Denver and Miami were matched up, they would most likely put Jokic in some sort of torture chamber. Like, there are ways to attack him that are way easier than Embiid. So it's like, come on, what are we doing? And also defensively, I would even say Embiid is harder to handle. He's the first scoring champion as a big man since Sheck. Mm, Averaged yeah. the whole three more points per game, and he's such a hard thing to deal with defensively. So I don't know, man. He's definitely the better player and likely should have been the MVP. And more valuable. Yeah. Because when he's out, they were dead in the water. Oh, they were terrible. We, we talked about G-League get, team. Y- y'all talk about getting the brooms out. And yeah. Miami's handling these dudes just because there's no Embiid. Embiid comes back, 
Daniel Green wants to hit seven and nine and, and score his career or playoff high. It, it's like all because of Embiid. That's what value is. And he doesn't get as many assists because a lot of times those traps that come so quick, he'll kick it and he'll get a hockey assist, with, which doesn't show up as the, you know, Jokic averaging what? Nearly eight assists a game. Yeah. And Bede has like what a healthy four or five assists per game and probably will be more, but the way that they defend him doesn't lead him to getting direct assists, more hockey assists. Absolutely. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 1063. If you miss any of us, we have a podcast and it's free, the Ken Levick Alive podcast, wherever you get your podcast every damn day. Again, anywhere you get your podcast, Ken Levick Alive. I do want to ask you, Stone. So I had major FOMO, and we talked about this on Friday, but Stone spent every single day of the Formula One stay in Miami down at Hard Rock Stadium, around the beautiful people, with the drivers. I mean, we're talking, this is is the biggest racing league in the world, making its debut in Miami, and Monaco... In Formula One is like the equivalent of Daytona with NASCAR or Indy 500 with Indy cars. And I can't remember the last time I heard as much about Monaco. And there are people in F1 who were discussing it too. Heard as much about a lead up to Monaco as there was to this race in Miami. This truly was the it thing in international sports Mm. this weekend. And Stone was there every damn day. Hard Rock kicked ass. Yeah. We just came from it the looked Mi- pretty cool. It was insane. So we just came from the Miami Open, right? All the tennis courts were laid out. Everything was mapped out a different way. And in a span of like six, eight months, they turned this thing into Monaco, like you just said. Like, like the scenes were insane. And when the celebs were there yesterday, now my post was on the viewing deck at turn, at honestly turned one, two, and three. So I had to start to finish. I had a really good view. And when these guys would roll in, I was too high up to see, but they were moving in crowds. I think the number we ended at before we started the day was like 98,000. You got 100,000 people man. showing up at Hard Rock Stadium. And that, they're on contract. I, I think they're going to be here on ten, con- the ten next years. 10 years. 10-year contract. 10 years. And I can only expect the stock to rise, more people to show up, and it to catch more buzz. And the buzz, man, everybody was there. It was nuts. I mean, this dude, Theo, was rubbing <laughs> elbows with with Tom Brady, mm. Michael Jordan, mm. David Beckham, the Williams sisters, Michelle Obama. In fact, Stone, because he is is showing <laughs> off now, yeah. he's just flexing now, he, he typed list. out all of the people that he was rolling by yesterday. Wait, wait. Does he have, do you have spell check on your computer, dude? Like, Uh-oh. Well, who'd I miss? Well, I'm just saying. Like, I mean, who's, who's, who's Dwayne Wade spelled that way? And then who's Michael Stahan? Is that? Michael Strahan? <laughs> <laughs> who's, uh... He also met Michael Stahan. Yeah. <laughs> DJ Khaled? Yes, sir. Is that Miguel Jordan? I mean, come on, dude. Like, <laughs> was there no red squiggly line under your? Uh... <laughs> uh, so, so D Wade, Gabriel Union, Pharrell, Ashton Kutcher, Bad Bunny was there. By the way, by the way, your boy Jack Harlow. You made such a big deal about Jack Harlow's album being released Friday. Guess who blew his face off mm. on Spotify? Bad Bunny. Whoa, oh, that's oh. wild. I mean, is it those got more of an international crowd? So he's got but all the other countries the, tagging the in Jack, with him. The Jack Harlow album stunk. I heard. I, yeah. It's not. It's okay. It yeah. yeah, and and by it's the way, okay. you know what's whack? Yeah. Speaking of Jack Harlow, oh, I saw your this. boy being carried into the Kentucky Derby to keep his shoes clean. That was weird. 
It was probably it's a, really weird. It was probably the optics like it. of it not yeah. good because it's also two big black dudes killing yeah. Jack Harlow in. Yeah, it, 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 it was giving. It, it was, was giving the 1600s. Something. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it had big no. 1600s vibes. <laughs> it was probably a joke, and it probably he was probably being carried oh. for eight seconds. But of course, the phones were out, right? And and they sniped him. So yeah, let's attack him. I, I mean, the album also was mid. Like, if, if he it, had a good album and did that, then maybe I'd give him a little leeway. Yeah, he was hanging out with uh, Drake yesterday, or, or Saturday, and hanging out with a few of the guys. So I think he's in. He's part he's of the in, in crowd He's now. still in, but it's just the music is... He's got he's got a, a couple of, of hits on He's a good collab one. guy, though. Yeah, he is. He's a good collab guy, and he should stick to that. He'll yeah. keep making hits. He'll stick be to relevant. your strength, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had Snoop on. He had Justin Timberlake. Drake hopped on. So real good features and, and real good collab guy, but the album, yeah, mid for sure. Yeah. Uh, overall, uh, Formula One, was it a spectacle? Was it cool as hell? Is it one of the cooler things you've been to? It was a – I love the phrase that I'm seeing nowadays, core memory. It was a core memory of mine. I'm 20. Damn. I'm 23. It, it smoked everything I've done this year and, and in years past, and, and I've been away playing college football. Man, it was a spectacle, and I had to spend wow. it on Mother's Day. Sorry, mom. Sorry, all, all moms I have in my peripheral, but I, I, <laughs> moms I, in the peripheral. I, 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 didn't, I didn't. I didn't mind being there on Mother's Day. I have to say, it was that much of a spectacle. It's, wow. It was cool. Yeah, I was definitely jealous of yeah. you. Um, also, if you watched the Miami Grand Prix specifically before the Miami Grand Prix, ESPN's coverage, which they were taking from Sky Sports, based out of 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 Britain. You witnessed maybe seven minutes of the greatest television that you will ever view in your life. And we will run down the adventures of one Martin Brundle and his celebrity catastrophe Yikes. on international television when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News 10 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. <laughs> Who's a good girl? Who's a good girl? <laughs> oh, Tina. Oh, uh, Tina, that is hilarious. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. I, uh, I regret to inform everybody that J.J. Redick, a man that we... We had celebrated here in these circles as a, a heat lifer, someone mm. who believed in the heat, believed in heat culture. It appears as if he's not like us. We have the guts. He is, uh, he's jumped off the ship. He is, he, is, he is attempting to swim the Atlantic mm. to safe harbor. He's off. He is now a 76er lifer. I knew he'd go back. To his well, sixer roots, you know, I he knew it. He played there. I know. And what's up with the snake what on the court? What is that? Isn't it like a symbolic? Don't tread thing? on me. That's yeah, that's that's the that's me. what all the uh, white supremacists use now. Yeah. But it had <laughs> actual uh, it had actual uh, meaning, meaning back, back then, in yeah. the uh, revolutionary times. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, they're snakes, and, and now JJ Redick is a snake to me because he wants to go back just because he played for the yeah. Sixers. Probably. Yeah. Listen to this, JJ Redick, who we thought believed in heat culture and had fortitude. Well, apparently not. Here's J.J. Redick from First Take just moments ago. I've got a best of three series now. Who do you like and why? Well, I hate doing this. I hate doing this. You know, I, I had picked the Heat prior to the series. I, I'd, I'd expected them to uh, make the conference finals. 
uh, I, it just feels like the 76ers right now have the better team in, in, with three games to go. And a lot of that is because of their supporting cast. Tyrese Maxey is averaging 22 a game in the playoffs on 50-40-90 shooting. Tobias Harris, who's now the fourth option for the 76ers, is averaging 18-8. And so much of this series has swung on three-point shooting. The 76ers really struggled in Miami in those two games. They come back to Philadelphia as a team. They hit 32 of 66 threes, and Miami goes 14 of 65 from three. So, you know, again, the, the rest of this series will be heavily dependent on those role players and uh, three-point shooting. I trust in the Heat role players. Yeah. I trust that they'll get the three-point shooting back. They have game seven at home if it comes to that. But that's fine. J.J. Redick, he's going to pick the 76ers. You know what I say? F those picks. Yeah. <laughs> F those picks. Staying on brand. That's right. That's right. He gave up on Struess. You give up on Gabe Vincent. Yep. Valor Hero, bam. Right. It's all right. J.J. Redick wants to uh, swim over to the 76ers side of the ocean. That's fine. We're staying put. Yeah. We're staying put. We're going down with the ship like the captain of the Titanic. And he can stay there, too, because when the Heat win game five. You're not right back on. Yeah. 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 We'll be there with cannons and swords. Come on. And you're not coming back on our, our, our Heat ship. He no don't, don't want to join the same ship that Jay Williams is on. We'll get them both on. We'll find a way to get them both on. Yeah, him, yeah. Him and Jay. They get Heat haters. Yeah. Formerly Heat lifers, now Heat haters. That's right. That's right. We don't need them. We don't need them. <laughs> we do not need them. Uh, yesterday, Formula One, Miami Grand Prix. I tuned into the whole thing because I thought it was cool. It's cool. It's it's a Formula One race. I, I follow Formula One now because of the Netflix show, Drive to Survive. I love that documentary. And... I'll be honest, I hear a lot of people, or I see a lot of people on social media every weekend when there's an F1 race. Since when did everybody become an F1 fan? You're phonies. First of all, mind your own damn business, okay? <laughs> Second of all, if they made a documentary about cricket and put it on Netflix, guess what? I'd watch it, and guess what I'd be doing on Sundays? Playing cricket. Watching cricket or watching not, it. Not, why would you think he would start playing cricket? Because it's that interesting. Do you like, think damn, I'm going to start do you think racing has? F1? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, it, like cricket matches last like three days, bro. He said, said "Yeah, you'll just turn into a cricket pro." Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we also are lead producers on the new polo uh, documentary series that we have in the works as well. Uh. The, remember we had Michael? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the yeah. CEO of uh, U.S. Polo Brand Association. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Um, so, so I just I'm into I'm into new sports. I like new things. Formula One is new to me, but it's cool. And when Tom Brady's there, when Michael Jordan's there, when D Wade is there, like that's a big deal. It's a big, big deal. It was the biggest sporting event internationally yesterday. Martin Brundle is a long time, long time commentator for Sky Sports out of Britain. Okay, mm. he is one of the voices and the faces of Formula One coverage and has been for quite some time. Yesterday, he was tasked with 15 minutes, but it felt like 40, where he typically does before a race, he'll go down on the track where the players are sort of milling around, or the, the, the drivers are sort of milling around before they get in the cars and everybody gets moving, and he'll do on-track interviews. There's a lot of access that he gets. Mm. Yesterday, he attempted to do the same thing, but because the event's in Miami-Dade, and so that automatically means it has to be unbelievably disorganized, and there's nobody there that can actually uh, make sense out of anything. It was the most Miami event 
possible because it was the most chaotic thing that was imaginable yesterday. That's why it was full Miami. Not the yachts, not the fake water, not the pools, any of that, not the palm trees. It's the fact that there were no rules and everybody did whatever they wanted. That made it a true Miami event yesterday. So he's trying to find drivers. He's trying to find Max Verstappen. He's trying to find... There was something that was going on with uh, the Alfa Romeo team where they they had problems and were going to have to start from the pit and it was a big deal he couldn't find anybody because it was just massive humanity and so he's walking around trying to pin keep in mind this man's from britain okay and so unless you're the most famous he probably thinks you're a fringe celebrity in the states we're like oh it's that person and that person he's not from this country Okay, it's like us going over to London and before a big event, we're trying to to interview the biggest stars on BBC. I don't know these people. I don't know any of them, man. But but Niles, who lives in Manchester, is like, you bloody idiot. Like just just killing us because we don't know who we're talking to. That's a good British name, by the way. Niles. That's why I picked it. It was the most British name I could think of. (laughs) And the accent was on par, too. Yeah, it was pretty. But it has to be angry because if I tried to do a soft British accent, then I sound ridiculous. Mm. But Martin Brundle, first up, here's an interview that he did with Venus Williams, the Palm Beach County resident. This is Martin Brundle on Sky Sports attempting interview. And this is important. Venus Williams. Serena, good to see you. So uh, tell us, what do you think of this event here in Miami? Oh, we love having Lewis and all the drivers in Miami, so wishing them luck. It's the first time of any... What's the question? <laughs> no, it doesn't really matter. Just uh, good to hear. Nice, nice to talk to you, actually. But uh, we'll uh, we'll back down. Well, that was a nice. Oh boy, is that How, awkward? But they're international stars. Like they're. <sighs> I know. My problem was no heads up, no like yeah. preparation. Yeah. See, this is the thing. But but it, there's no way he went into yesterday thinking that he was going to. Here's what I think happened with Martin Brundle. Okay. I think that he went in there thinking it was going to be like every other F1 race. He had no idea that there were going to be celebrities all over the place. And then when they're on the track and he realizes, oh, my God, there's all these celebs, his producers are telling him, go talk to as many celebrities as possible. (laughs) Go talk to as many celebrities as possible. I doubt Mountain Brundle, who is always focused on Formula One, is the biggest tennis fan. He knows who the Williams sisters are, but... For him, then, he had a 50-50 chance, and he blew it. Why would you go? This is what you do if it's a 50-50 chance Ms. like Williams. that. Miss Williams. Miss yeah, Williams. Oh, yeah. Come on. Like, yeah. what are we doing here, dude? I know. And Serena was standing right behind Venus. He clearly was not addressing Serena. Yeah. He was addressing Venus as Serena. And then, uh, like, Venus didn't want anything to do with it after the initial answer. Was that a question? What was the question? Yeah. Ooh, it was just cringy. That, that, that silence. Ugh. Uh, and then... This is the apex, though. No. So Martin Brundle believes that he has seen Chiefs quarterback Uh. Patrick Mahomes. Okay? Here's what happened. So Martin Brundle, by the way, in order to get to who he believes is Patrick Mahomes, bowls his way through Dwayne Wade. Three different occasions in this 15-minute span with Martin Brundle, he bowled through Dwayne Wade not even knowing who Dwayne Wade was. Okay, he could have easily, looking for celebrities, turned and would have had Dwayne Wade right on his shoulder, who would have been more than willing to talk. He had no idea who Dwayne Wade was. Oh yeah, yeah. D Wade with his flowery whatever that one piece thing that he was wearing yesterday. 
So, so this is this is Martin Brundle going up to Patrick Mahomes. The problem is, it's former Duke star Paulo Banchero. This is crazy. I've never been to an F1 race. This is this is spectacular. It's amazing to be allowed right in the middle of the competitors just before the race starts. Yeah, now you can see they locked in. It reminds me of myself. Uh, a real focus. Okay, it's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But what is your name, sir? Paulo Bancaro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why did he say whatever afterwards? Uh, because, because he's he probably was, 0 for he's 6 at that time. He's frustrated at this point. Yeah, because that was right after the Serena and Venus catastrophe. Uh, like, he, he went from that into thinking that Paolo Bancaro was Patrick Mahomes. But you know what? Him doing that is one of the most it's, – it, it should make him even more relatable because white folk do this all the time. Like, I get called Tyree Smith mm-hmm. so often <laughs> in this market. Um, can I can I tell my story of being a white person? <laughs> Please do. Because I want to bring you back to Q-Fest, the annual charity event held by Anquan Bolden, the Pahokee native, every single year. I bring you back to the not-so-distant past of 2013, okay? If you recall, 2013 was special for Anquan because he was coming off of his first Super Bowl championship mm. with the Baltimore Ravens. So Q-Fest was a big, big thing that was attended by a ton of Ravens fans that year. And for the first time, they tried to bring Q-Fest, the organizers of it, uh, out from the muck and into the coast and mm. tried to generate some additional dollars by bringing it all the way out to where some of the the, the big rollers reside okay so they had a luncheon at the uh palm beach gardens marriott the one that's right off of pga uh right off of 95 just east of 95 and i was the mc for this event oh no and so what this was going to be is there was a luncheon and uh we were it was it was me and then a number of ravens players and then some guests of honor up at the, the this main setup for lunch and then all the banquet tables with all the people that paid to be in there uh donors things like that eating lunch and then there was going to be a Q&A with myself and Anquan Bolden after I introduced some guests of honor all right so one of the things they wanted me to do was announce the ravens players that were in attendance as they came in if you recall, if you recall, that was a huge postseason for Jacoby Jones, right? You remember he had oh, yeah. the Ooh. the touchdown catch in Denver. Yeah. Then he had the kickoff return touchdown to start the second half uh, in the Super Bowl. And so his stock was high, right? His stock was really high. In attendance at this luncheon was not Jacoby Jones. <laughs> but who did I keep calling Jacoby Jones? Tory Smith, oh, who no. was in attendance. And so when Tory Smith came in to the banquet area, I announced on the microphone with just hundreds of Ravens fan in attendance, ladies and gentlemen, the man who caught the 75-yard oh. touchdown against the Denver Broncos and had the longest kickoff return touchdown in Super Bowl history, Jacoby Jones. And everybody goes crazy. Yeah! And in comes Tory Smith. He looked a little bit confused, but he took the applause and he started waving to people. He had no idea what was going on. And then David Reed, I don't know if you know the name. David Reed was a wide receiver on that Ravens team. You don't know the name because he barely played, okay? But David Reed 
was an ass. Okay? <laughs> David Reed, instead of saying, bro, you messed up, he turned to me and he goes, hey, dumbass. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> Yo. he goes, that's not Jacoby Jones, that's Tory Smith. Anytime you announce one of our names, you clear it with me first. What? Like, did it in front of Anquan, who was, like, glaring at me. This dude was hot. You should have been like, okay, and who are you? (laughs) You are are whom? So I I was like, so that, like, my confidence was exploded at that point. I'm Uh, like, bro, not only is that a terrible mistake, it's, like, borderline racist. Like, it was just a really bad look for me. So this is why... I can empathize <laughs> with Martin Brundle yesterday because I, with Anquan Bolden sitting right next to me, got dressed down mm. by David Reed for calling Tory Smith Jacoby Jones in front of hundreds uh, upon hundreds of Super Bowl hangover Baltimore <laughs> Ravens fans. That. Honestly, I, I feel so terribly for you right now. I thought you were going to say something like you walked up to somebody maybe nope, and said something this, or nope. in a group, and but there's you said no way it on to, a mic. There's no way to save it after that. Exactly. Uh, if, if Theo was there, he definitely would have acted like he didn't know you. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know that dude. He would have been like, I, I have no idea who that white guy is. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know that dude. Oh, yeah. So I'm just saying that I've been the white guy before. And it was probably even... Now, Martin Brundle's happened on national television. International television. Oof. But, needless to say, I was never invited back to MCQ Fest. <laughs> Q Fest is no, a no-go for you, Q-Fest, huh? Q Fest. I am, I am blacklisted <laughs> from Q Fest. Blacklisted He's, for being white, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> blacklisted literally and figuratively. Yeah. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm blacklisted from QFest, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Bean Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live, and we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. If you listen to us daily or even semi-regularly, you know that I love my Kia K5 GT, blue, sparkly, beautiful, fun. And if you're listening for the first time, well, I love my Kia K5 GT, blue, sparkly, fun. I got it at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, westpalmbeach.com is where you go to check out the selection that I was stunned by. I mean, it's jaw-dropping. There are Kias everywhere for any type of person. Young person, person who just needs an automobile for fun, person that needs an automobile for family, person who needs an automobile that's fuel efficient. Now, I'm lucky with my Kia K5 GT. It is all of those things, and I got to test drive it and got to meet it at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Actually brought in my uh, my Kia K5 GT for service on Friday. Bam, in, out, perfect, car running great. They uh, were able to clear all the, 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 the lines out, and the brakes are good. The tires are good to go. It even smelled like like Pez when I got it back. They made that thing smell beautiful nice. when I got back in the automobile. Those are the types of things, the details, the small things that they take care of at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. So check out that selection, and you'll be a super happy Greenway Kia customer like I am. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com, and don't forget they have the credit clinic on site. So don't you dare say, oh, with my credit, I can't get a new car. Not true, because at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, they have the bankrupts there to help you. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com.
Com. Time now for the EDS Air Conditioning Coolest Moment of the Weekend. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. This from NBC. Saturday, the Kentucky Derby, 80-1 to rich strike. When we start to play this clip, I want everybody to understand that rich strike, this is going into the final turn at Churchill Downs, Mm. sits 17th, 17th of 20 horses, rich strike from the beginning of this call, 17th, and listen what happens on NBC. Zozos is next after three quarters in one minute, ten and four foot seconds. And now Epicenter comes splitting horses and is moving up quickly as Crown Pride takes the lead around the far turn. It is Crown Pride battling with Messier. They're stride for stride. Epicenter and Zozos in behind them. Cyberknife sweeps up on the outside. Sandon gets the rail run and they're into the stretch. And it's Messier, Crown Pride, and Epicenter is coming up on the outside. Epicenter has taken the lead as they arrive into the final furlong. Sandon is coming after him. Epicenter and Sandon, these two, stride for stride. Simplification down the outside is next. They're coming down to the wire. Epicenter, Sandon, rich strike is coming up on the inside. Oh, my goodness, the longest shot has won the Kentucky Derby. It's the biggest upset in Kentucky Derby mm. history. Rich Strike, 80-1, to entered the race 31 hours before and wins the Kentucky Derby, was 17th. Coming out of the back straightaway, what a call from Larry Kalmus. He's the voice of the Triple Crown on NBC. Rich Strike, who wasn't even Larry Kalmus' view until the final two lengths because he was so far back, ends up winning the Kentucky Derby. That is the EDS air conditioning. Coolest moment of the week. I'm not a big horse racing guy, but even that, that's badass. And I don't know if you've seen, Theo, the drone footage of how... Rich Strike was able to weave and navigate through the 16 horses ahead of him to to uh, win the Kentucky Derby. It's incredible. Yeah, that horse is a dog. I did not see that drone footage. I would like to see it, but that I'll was an incredible, incredible two minutes. It is awesome. It yeah. is great stuff. So, what was it, Stone? Uh, what what number bet would pay off two and a half million? So, the horse was purchased a couple years ago for $30,000. Which so is pretty cheap. Very cheap. And if you're throwing that thirty k on Rich Strike to win on 80 to 1 odds, two and a half million dollars. That is ridiculous. Two and a half million dollars. Think about that. He won two million for winning. Had the, the had the worst odds in the entire field and won the Kentucky Derby and did so in epic come from behind fashion too. Yeah, that's gonna be one of those things they make us a, a movie about. Yeah. Just give them like two years. Actually give Netflix two days. Yeah. The way they pump out these documentaries <laughs> and stuff, man. Like it, it, yeah, you know what they'd call it? Striking it rich. Oh yeah. Woo! That's easy. We just did that. Striking a rich. We just did and they, that. And they find that one guy that bet on Rich Strike, and they tell a bit of, a bit of his uh-huh. story uh-huh. too, yep. and then yep. what the horse's humble beginnings That's were. Right. Netflix, call us. Yeah. We just came up with your screenplay. Yeah. And the Derby had to have cleaned up and made a lot of money because Epicenter was the favorite. Mm-hmm, so yeah. the guy who, when he made that final oh, yeah, turn, yeah. the guy on the horse, I should have said, who are just pulling away, he was the favorite, right? Everybody in the stands has an Epicenter ticket in their hands. Yeah. And he got blown. By a rich That's why strike. the crowd, you can hear them going crazy, and all of a sudden, 
it's nobody's aware that oh my god history's happening because their horse that they put money on the favorite <laughs> was falling apart yeah. right in front of them. Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5 WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 1063. Bye.